0: A lot of deepness, a lot of depth, a lot of uh, knowledge in the Greek world, in the Jewish world, um, and, and most importantly in the Jesus world, right? But here, and we can be swallowed up in that theology. But remember, Paul wrote all of this simply to challenge his people, not to spend all their time in their head, not to spend all their time in their spirituality, but to actually spend their time in a live theology, the idea that what I believe dictates how I live. And specifically, Paul wants us to look at how we live with two specific groups in our lives. One, uh, the world, right? The the government, the people around us, the people that aren't a part of the church that we call brothers and sisters, but the people that we come in contact with day in, day out, that we're to live at peace with them. And then secondly, he wants us to live at peace with ourselves with inside the church that that if you come from a Jewish or Gentile Christian background that he wants you to be at peace, Republican, Democrat, whatever it might be, that we are called to live literally day in, day out at peace with each other. And so... Um, this romans chapter 6 where we find ourselves today um this is again a part of how to live at peace with each other he's he's spent a lot of the time building up uh, addressing addressing both of those different groups the jewish and gentile groups and trying to make them level make them one make them see that not one is better than the other but the but through christ they are one no one is better than the other right um and then he gets into 6 chapter 6 where we're going to be at today And he just says, here's how you do it. Here's things to think about why this makes it all possible. Um, And so today is going to be just a good old-fashioned Bible study. We're going to read through the first 14 verses of chapter 6. And just go verse by verse, and just kind of because Paul does such an incredible job just laying this out. Some of the stuff you have to kind of dissect and go back and forth, jump back and forth to understand what he's saying. But in these verses one through fourteen, he lays it out so well incrementally that uh, I just want to read it and, and kind of talk through it as we go through it, um, and, and just kind of point out the, just the intricacies of what he lays out here. So let's 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 dive into this. Okay, um, so Romans chapter six verse one. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? This sounds like such a silly question, but this really is this idea, right? Um, this this concept of grace seems so foreign to everybody that there's no way that you can live by grace. You know, it, what, I don't do anything to receive God's love. I just it's just grace, right? So, and, and if I'm a sinner, I get more grace, and it just covers it all. So. So you know so they just immediately jump to the the pendulum swing of the totally opposite well if that's true then why don't I just keep sinning? why don't I just keep doing this and then I'll get more and more grace and won't that be awesome and and Paul's like Guys, 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 don't be stupid. <laughs> you know, I can hear him just kind of saying that lovingly. I don't know if lovingly maybe rolling his eyes as he does this, right? Um, and he says, no, 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 no. This isn't about accumulation of grace. It's not about accumulation of anything, right? Because that's what the Jewish lifestyle was, was, was that if I do more, I earn more, right? It's this... It's this um, this give and take that that I only get what I earn, but if I do a lot of stuff, then I earn a lot of money. That's how I become a millionaire, right? If I want to become a millionaire in God, then I should maybe sin more. If it's all about grace and I want to get more grace, but if I get more grace by being a great sinner, then why don't I just keep sinning, blah, blah, blah. And it's all this accumulation kind of mentality. He's like, no, 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 no. That's not what this is about, guys. He says, by no means. We are those who have died to sin how it can we live in it any longer right and so he's saying is once you've given your life to Christ once you join the team once you've drank the Kool-Aid if you will he says um, that, that that sin that that sin thing no longer exists. Now the other important word in this verse two is the word live right because sin is, is a word that we talk about theologically spiritually that those those things that are out there but really, this all comes down to how we live. And so so what he's addressing here is this concept of how we live out our understanding of our place in grace. And so again, remember, reminder, as we talk through this, this isn't about the spiritual just knowing the right words to say and the right things to do uh, in the church setting, if you will, but how we do this day in, day out. And so verse 3 or don't you know that all of us, and, and I want you to, I'm gonna go back to one and two. I want you to see in verse one, we, we, so that grace may increase by no means we, right? How can we live in it any longer, right? You see that we so many times. You're gonna see we a lot in these first 14 verses, right? Or us, the, the plurality. Again, he's addressing both groups and he's saying that we are one. He's, he's uniting them. He's using a language that brings them together. Or don't you know that all of us, who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. All right, here we go, guys. Um, conversation about baptism. Um, I know at Common Threads, so many of us come from different backgrounds with the concept of baptism, and uh, this is not meant to 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 get you to think a certain way about baptism, right? But I am going to throw my cards on the table here and just be complete with you completely honest with you. You know, uh, some people out there will talk about this concept that that baptism is not important, uh, that it's not a big deal, right? Um, and I'm going to suggest to you that baptism is huge. Baptism is a big thing when it comes to following Christ, Um and it's not at the conversation of that it's something that you do to earn your salvation, right? It's not the point of salvation when you gain salvation. It's none of those conversations. But I think these fourteen verses are going to open the door. At least it opens the door for me. Why baptism is so vital uh, in, in someone who's trying to follow Christ's way, um, and, and I think this language that we're going to read here um, makes that so. Now, um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Dog on you to 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 fall in line with how I believe about this, but for me, this is where I come at when it comes to baptism. Baptism, that this is why bapt—these verses are why baptism are so important. And it's this baptism into Christ Jesus, right? Um, so it says that when we are baptized into Christ Jesus, when we do that 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 act, that physical act of being dunked in water, right? Um, we're baptized into His death. Okay, this is this is this is the key here. This idea that, that we, you know, he's writing; he, the people know about his death and his burial and his resurrection. So he's saying this baptism thing somehow unites us with that physical act. Our physical act of being dunked in water unites us, um, where we're baptized into his death, just like Jesus died, right? And so it goes on to verse four: We were therefore buried with him through baptism, into death. So, so again, there's something about that, that being, doing through the same act of death. And, and remember, um, when we talk about death, this is not death of the physical body, right? Because he's not asking us to literally die. Only Jesus is the one that needs to do that. But there is the importance of our lives experiencing death, um, that there's something about that and in, in what it means to be transformed, that that's part of the process. And so we need to experience that death like Christ did. So it says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that. So here's why that's so important. He says, Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And so to me, that, just as is important was that Jesus had to die on the cross so that sanctification could truly exist in this world, that, that, that we could truly finally be forgiven of all of our sins. Just as it was so important for that to happen, he's saying it's just important for us to go through that act of death. Not because we're doing it, but again it says through the glory of the Father, right? So it's not us declaring, God, you have to do this. But through that act, God allows, that's not good language. God, through his glory and power, continues the transformation of a new life for us. Yeah, kind of trying to figure out how to word that right. Uh, (laughs) um, This idea that, that for us to gain access to a new life that he promises us, it seems like in these verses that baptism, that death, that unification with Christ's death is a part of it. How's that sit with you? I don't. What do you think about that? Yeah, you can talk back to the to the radio or to the, right now. You can let me know because I won't hear it. Right, but I do want to hear it. I, if you if you don't know, we have a a platform through Faith Life where discussion will happen, and maybe this will spark some discussion and in, in this. I want to keep going on though. And he goes, so for if we have been united with him in death like his we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his again for paul this all comes down to not the act itself not the death itself not the the baptism itself per se but it's what happens after that what that that act allows to happen this this resurrection this renew this rekindling this transformation of a new life and if jesus can experience and we're united with him in death then we can experience what jesus experienced man And he says, that's the coolest, coolest thing that you're going to be able to ever, ever do. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin, that that body that was before the the death, before the baptism, you know, sin was the one that, that conquered it. But he says that might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to that old body, to the way that we used to be, to that old, that, that's the that, that old Torah language, remember? That's the idea that, that if I have laws and I live by them, that, that I'm bound to those laws, and I'll never outlive those laws. He says, that's not what we're about. We're about grace. But when I experience the death, burial, and resurrection in my own life, that I am freed from that, that life cycle of death of wanting to justify all my sins away. And then verse 7 says, Because anyone who has died, anyone who has died, anyone who has died has been set free. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. And remember, that word live is what Paul is all about. It's about a lived theology, that we are going to be people who are transformed, not just spiritually, not just now that I have my ticket to heaven, I'm good to go, but I am now transformed into a living being that lives for, with Christ in a new, transformed way. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. He conquered death. Death no longer has mastery over him. So if that's true about Jesus, then death he died. He died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. And do you hear what Paul's getting ready, what he's hinting at? is that if it's true for Jesus, it's got to be true for us. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And so we get into the conversation about transactionalism and that's some of the pushback from the concept of baptism being so important. And I understand it. It's not this is not a transactionalism where I am declaring this is what God you have to do because I have done this. But this is a way for us to join in with the experience of death burial and resurrection, that that transformation of life without us having to give our literal lives that we give our lives through baptism and so we can count ourselves dead to sin like Christ did, but alive to God through the resurrection just like Christ was resurrected. Um, and, and and that is the incredible thing. In the verse 12 it says, Therefore, so since all this is true, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. So again, this comes back to not transactional living, but a life that is different than the life that was before death. That you attempt to give yourself to something greater, that there's actual doings, there's actual actions in being a Christ follower. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. That you say, let me be your tool, God. Let me be your instrument in this world. And and instead of me doing things that are dumb and silly, but Lord, let me be used to bring your gift, your righteousness to this world. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. And so, as Paul writes this to the Jews and the Gentiles, he says, okay, Here's things we talk about that you do, right? There's this concept of baptism that you do, and there's this concept of living a life that you give yourself to it. And those are important. But remember, in all those actions we're talking about, it's not transactionalism that you do those things to earn your righteousness because, hey, at the end, by the way, you're not under those that transactionalism kind of life, but you're under the concept of grace. And that grace calls you to live differently, not to keep doing the same old, same old things. Now, I I do want to say here we don't have time to dive into this a whole lot, but there is this idea that does this mean that once I give my life to Christ, I jump in, I get the tattoo, I drink the Kool-Aid, I baptize, you know, all those things that my life will be perfect and that I will no longer sin? That's not what this is talking about. There is this idea that I intentionally am choosing to do my best to each day wake up and dedicate my life to Christ. And wherever that leads me, I follow. And I live day in, day out in a way that is not bound by, am I, you know, at the end of the day, do I look at how many good things I did and how many bad things I did and, and whichever one is greater, I count it a good or bad day. That's life under the law. No, I, it's not about me trying to figure out how many good things and bad things I do. It's just me waking up each day with the promise that I am new and transformed and I'm no longer bound to that checklist and I live under grace and I do my bre- my do my best to shed that to share that grace with people, to share that love. And that's what we do together. We do it together. And when we live that way, the world takes notice because it's different than everything else the world has ever been taught. And so um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot in here. Um, Love to see how this hits you, what you're thinking, questions you might have, pushbacks that you might have. Um, This is an open conversation as we keep going through this. And so this was just kind of, as you can tell maybe as I walk through this, I tried not to write any notes down um, because I wanted to give you from my heart um, how I feel and where I think about some of this. Um, and that means I, I want to be open to, to your thoughts as well and to hear where you're at and let us dialogue together in this. But please hear, when you give your life to Christ, you're no, under the, no longer under the law, but under grace. Have an incredible day. Grace and peace.